Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Den. It's been a minute, but we are here to talk about our favorite shows, Mixed Dish 911, and joining the roster again, premiering with the, is this the third or the fourth season? I think it's the third season of New Amsterdam. Let's get into it. Season 2, Episode 6, Just the Two of Us, was written by Jesse Esperanza, directed by Sherry Appleby, who worked on Rosewell and Unreal. I gave this episode a 9 out of 10. I'm sure as a Black woman, we all could relate to the role. Although I will say it started one way and it ended a whole different way, as it usually tends to do with Dee Dee. But I still enjoyed it. We finally got to meet their mother which is great. I hope that she is going to be a character in the future that we will hear a lot more from. The expansion of the cast, I think, is a, is a really smart move. Rainbow equates her mom and Dee Dee working together as a buddy cop lawyer movie from the 80s where girl is a versatile language. Dee is the free, obnoxious spirit, and Alicia is the straight-laced, actually successful one that cuts the other a whole lot of slack all the time. Case in point, her desk. I don't care how busy you are. That desk needs to... I don't care. People who say it all the time, I got a system. I don't care what your system is. It needs to be clean. This is HIPAA. There's people shit all over the place. When you do that, no. Other people should be able to go to your desk on your day off and find things. I have worked with people with shitty desks like that. And despite what she was saying, they always lose things. Every time there's a file missing from the office and then you be like, who had it last? And then you just stare because you know it's somewhere on that fucking desk. Paul comes home to the kids wanting to watch wrestling instead of talk to him. And they made a funny joke, which was that Hulk Hogan will always be welcome in the black community. In case y'all didn't know, he and his wife were against the George Floyd protests. Not only that, why do these country ass, like racist folks always have children that pretty much emulate hip hop on a regular, even gonna come out with a whole ass album. Yeah, I'm talking about Brooke Hogan. Remember that whole phase? always appropriating black culture but always being racist against black culture griff is all up in the house talking about my casa you casa basically i'm about to live here this is my secondary home in case you did not know and we're out of beer (laughs) i don't know why i find griff hilarious but i do because he he really be like oh you love your kids oh wait um they can hear us (laughs) that's why you're saying it yeah yeah you love your kids it's like no i actually want to spend time with them and he says we'll just spend some one-on-one time with them i will say having a male around all these young kids while the children are not home is something you could do prior to the sex offenders registry because you best believe before 
I move in anyone's neighborhood or let anyone in my home for that matter but you would never be in my home with my daughter alone that's just not happening I don't trust no one I don't even care if you ain't on the registry but you best believe all my neighbors have been ran through it I know who the fuck is around me that's for damn sure I will also say that I have never had a grocery list that is not on a crumpled piece of paper the role black women must play in the office the token the angry black woman the mammy or sassy these are also movie roles that black women have to play just pointing that out which is why i love when black characters are more developed that have flaws that are not that are not defined by the checkbox that a lot of people try to put you in i have also been through the role at work i was more on the alicia side of things though (laughs) i was more of the not show pony but i was definitely the token that could not speak which when the token that could not speak then did better than everyone in the department all 15 white women you know that became very problematic and even now after i'm gone from that department because they've done a lot of changes since then but i was the first black woman in my department and i murdered it and i made them all look like fools and i did it effortlessly and i had great ideas and management see they know true management right not the ones that are (laughs) that sometimes are your boss i mean i always made friends with the rcl facts not even of that office of other i networked myself so i had the people behind my quality results on my team so i wasn't stupid about it because i knew exactly what it was when i got there i'm like oh okay so out of 30 fucking years that these people have been here i'm the only black one the only one that's still around no one else stayed with seniority i wonder why these motherfucking bitch ass niggas however sometimes karma comes in different ways and you know a lot of them are forced retired right now and i'm still getting a paycheck all i do is win 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 no matter what paul first attempts to bond with santi who wants a who wants to be a child playing sorry i don't even know what this game is because i don't play it but also doesn't want to be a child or doesn't want him to treat her like one but then acts like one because she had a straight up tantrum when the when he (laughs) he said fine i won't patronize you i win that's some fucking bullshit you beat a child i want to beat her ass like little girl get back here and it's time for you to learn what good sportsmanship is johan him coming in the room talking about yo homie go go bring all your white people with you because y'all niggas gotta exit right now i was ugly laughing because he need to stop stop why do why do white parents do this and it is always every time you're around a black person you feel you gotta be like yo homie no just stop be caucasian we accept you the way you are you ain't got to say things like that to try to fit in he offers to shred with him which is apparently skateboarding but then embarrasses johan by not only chickening out but ending all of his friendships (laughs) bo at least wanted pizza lunch date and it was going great but sis is boy crazy at this point in her life she need a black dick and immediately and dad thinks that it's a good idea for him to help except she's weird 
and my first response would be like well maybe if you wasn't staring all like that i wouldn't have to feel the need to assist you because you're not concentrating on me you concentrating on that boy so man up or i'm gonna man up for you embarrass the shit out of you or keep your eyes focused on the conversation because she was being hella disrespectful <laughs> you ain't gotta sit there and stare at boys like that like have some respect ma'am i'll be thirsty y'all know i'm the thirst train queen however i'm gonna have some pride when i'm out in public alicia told harrison who put up signs to say keep it moving (laughs) when he went when she went to him to complain that hey denise can't do her job because she has to play all these different type of roles which is the mammy listening to white people's problems that's also called socializing though and i'm not saying that there aren't people that do come up to you and tell you all about their life and you don't want to hear it however diddy you also feel like one of those people in the office that always be talking instead of doing a job and i know those are there too and they black they're white they're all colors so no we cannot just say that this is a black thing a complete black problem it's also you need to know how to talk to your peers and tell them to shut the fuck up when it's needed and you best believe i learned that real quick she need to get some emotional intelligence (laughs) that's my new word for everything emotional intelligence go out there and read a book and get some but seriously nah i i had to figure out ways to control people too in my old office i straight up was like if it ain't 10 a.m you don't stop by this desk yes i'm here for two whole hours but you don't stop by this desk before 10 a.m do you know how many people adhere to that rule and all of them caucasian and then when people will walk over to my desk be like christina about to be here and then all of my teammates be like uh i will walk over at 10 a.m because that is her rule <laughs> not unless you don't want to see the attitude that's gonna come out of her mouth because i told y'all i'm not a morning person i'm being transparent y'all wanted me to be transparent i'm being transparent i'm telling you what i need and what you can do to help me successful all you have to do is is uh follow my rules now if it's something of course that you it's a manner is something you really need just shoot me an email i just don't want to talk to you at eight o'clock when i first walk in the door and i ain't even clocked in and you at my fucking desk which would be a lot of people technically as a manager you should know better i shouldn't have to even tell you that diddy gets mad at alicia for telling harrison saying that was between us and you play a role as well i love the game show aspect of this with harrison i was Mm. he is so funny just everything about harrison i'm pretty sure he's my favorite character (laughs) i know santi is mimi's favorite character i think harrison is my favorite character followed by (laughs) dd but harrison is the game host they're talking about um the role that other black women play in the office the show pony towed around the office to prove that you're not racist I mentioned the token that doesn't talk the token who's forced to talk on behalf of all black people she do that to herself though she really do like sometimes don't intervene you don't have to talk on behalf of all people you kind of choose to do that because i had another girl in my office that did the same thing and i wanted every time some i just didn't even argue with her because i didn't feel like it but i'd be like um that's not like i i'm as black as you are i'm actually blacker and i don't agree with what you just said but i don't feel like explaining my race to these white folks the office oprah yep yep we've all had to play that role at some point many a times because i don't want to hear 
about some of these stories that I got to hear about. But because I'm also being polite as well. (laughs) Office Oprah is a polite word for mammy. Yeah, you're going to feel like it. Mainly because you just don't care about their problem. You genuinely do not care. Like we're not friends at all. We don't socialize outside of work. And everything that you're telling me, I don't go home and think about. So that's what it means by the mammy. Like you're not trying to find a topic that interests both of us while we work together. You just want to tell me all about your problems. Never mind. I don't tell you anything about any of my personal problems because when I don't share at work, you got to watch what you say, especially if you black at work, because it will be all over the office. If y'all in corporate America, y'all should know that shit goes everywhere. There is no secrets in corporate America. None. Point is, we will all need to play roles at some point when we are interacting but it's more like the roles that are assigned to us and while i agree that alicia is kind of the show pony i think that harrison has made it clear that doesn't matter how you got here you still have to prove your worth being here and make partner because she was black she made partner because she worked hard to make partner and i think that that is a distinction that needs to be made and they made it in previous episodes so i'm okay with it my favorite part was Alicia calling mama saying she need help with Didi but really she need help for herself I love that Didi opened the door was like you talking about me did you call mama because if I dial and the phone is busy I'm gonna be real mad <laughs> it sounded like my sister she always knew I was talking shit about her it got even better when Didi got on the line as well and then she had the cord because she wouldn't let her in the office so she was just outside the door talking (laughs) people were going over the cord under the cord in the hallway oh i was dying mama said let me tell you a story my boss was racist to me and was for the rest of my tenure They still didn't catch the message though, because they did he gonna say they make me listen to their white people problems. She's like, get the fuck up in his office. <laughs> and Alicia's like, I thought I was better. And then mama's like, they used me as furniture. The lesson, it'll never be perfect, but it sure as shit got better. I mean, we winning elections and carrying all y'all motherfuckers spirit intact. My boss ass bitch, bitch, bitch. Mama tells them to push through and try to make it better for their children, but they need to stick together. Harrison come in like, what the hell is going on with this phone and these cords in this office? And then Dee Dee straight up pushed her under the bus. Alicia making personal phone calls. Paul is very depressed because none of his kids want to hang out with him. And this is going to be what happens at some point when you're gone all day. They get different interests. They don't want to hang out with you all the dang on time but harrison tells him look who said kids gotta be happy as long as they're fed and clothed and some parents really do believe this but paul wants to make sure that they have good memories harrison says just give them memories like they seem really terrible at the time but later they become funny and you even see that with rainbow telling the family members and they're all laughing like what's wrong with that man he's like oh i gave them a good memory that's a still rather embarrassing the women got each other's back 
this episode until a man is involved and Didi will will throw Alicia to the curb to try to get her some penis, especially if it's a lawyer. She's like, I'm not like you. I'm not marrying a white man. She needs to stop. <laughs> and this whole thing started with poor working skills. We can't hold everyone up. That is something we didn't discuss in this episode, but it's something I feel like we do need to discuss. Like black people also try to help black, other black people in the office and we can't always if we're successful ones help the other ones. Case in point, this one dude I work with named Justin Marks. Man, let me tell y'all, okay? That was not a smart I mean, I tried all I can. I became this dude's best friend and then it bit me in the ass and he got fired for sexual harassment. So sometimes you can't always hold someone up. And it's not just him. I, I had a whole bunch of other friends that I love them to death. I would give them all the help that they needed. But I can't do it for you. And I'm not putting my, my job on the line because your ass is trifling. That's not going to happen. So I would have been like, look, Didi, you got two weeks to get this shit together. I don't care what you need to do. I can help you out a little bit. But and I'm not empathetic to what you're going through. But at the same time, that's an excuse. Does not fix the damn problem because you should be able to multitask. The white people around you and still doing your work i do it all the time i don't know what you're talking about you just straight up lazy talking about we i took you to red lobster and you writing shit on napkins that ain't got nothing to do with the role you play in the office that's just nasty let's move on to 4 episode 7 there goes the neighborhood written by stacy rose directed by sharat raju who worked on how to get away with murder and once upon a time i gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10 other than the buck stuff everything else was just stellar loved everything about it mother's play is a suburban mom's band with entirely too much time on their hands with the pandemic and with husbands that ignore them and have mistresses that are closer to the age of their eldest child thus they're back in their midlife crisis phase and apparently that's okay because if you're a suburban mom it's perfectly fine to smoke pink puffer weed in the garage while your child is trying to do his homework this is synthetic lace weed with rat poison that's sold from a company i'm not sure they said it was pretty uh, prolific during the pandemic up in march before they got closed down it gives a longer high however it also causes you to bleed from your eyeballs you gotta trust your street pharmacist is the lesson of this entire story it causes the women to also be very lustful when they see some good looking firemen roll up on the premises Henrietta's kids are so damn cute especially that little girl when her mama randomly shows up from Vegas talking about I ain't got no cooties what's that got to do with you not calling because I need you to call I don't care she gonna say you want to see my paper stop being like that Tony is basically a representation of my mother very much so y'all there are times where I wake up and she is in my room what the fuck that's a special kind of blood entitlement is all i'm saying grammy is moving back to the neighborhood and hen is not too pleased about that buck goes on a date with a woman named veronica 
that lives in his building because the date goes terribly and so he spends most of it avoiding her he straight up said we have to move after he saw her she is high maintenance and all the wrong things about white feminism so i did feel bad for buck look if they're not gonna do a buck and eddie they need to go ahead and give him a sister let's stop playing games y'all just give him a sis because this whole entire after this episode i realized this show is so much better with the black content (laughs) and we all want him to have an eddie and buck relationship whatever your feelings on are on eddie the character eddie and buck are perfect together but it doesn't seem like they're going that route anytime soon so fine give him a sis it'll merge better with all the other storylines everything at michael's exchange felt so authentically black from the moment she took her son over harry and he's like where's your key in my room yeah that's a good place for it and then athena being like oh what's going on you got them new windows what you been doing and the son is always answering for the father and he's like why don't you take that shit in your room instead of throwing it on my damn floor and he's like but i'm hungry did i ask you if you are starving get your shit in your room and do your homework like get the hell out of here this grown folks business he did say about 14 times that he has extra time on his hands but he has become a people watcher saying it is better than tv that's crazy the pandemic has really hurt his uh business he's not able to do architectural designs because nobody is building anything right now athena empathizes with his situation because michael doesn't have much to do except sit around and watch the world from a distance sunny is out attacking folks we don't know who and what sunny is but we find out by the end of this this is the perfect opportunity to discuss their woes because hen while she likes talking to her mother on the phone that's me she really don't want her to be in the neighborhood and despite karen trying to get her to move in the house several times she ain't with it she also thinks that her mom is an agent of chaos likes to run roughshed over her and keeps buying her dresses when she knows she don't wear them bobby tells her well maybe her priorities change i'm glad she wasn't sick with cancer because that was gonna be really tropish and that's where i went so i'm glad that they put a little bit more of a realistic spin on it buck whines about avoiding veronica with eddie and when both of them found sunny which is a turkey and they turn around and he was throwing the blueberry <laughs> that's why you had the little that was beyond stupidly funny athena and may conspire to keep michael company but slim is looking real shady so he rushes off the phone however they're gonna go to plan b plan b is bobby <laughs> sent with food before we get to my second part my favorite part of the episode a humvee falls um out of a plane and onto a already built boat playhouse the neighbors were discussing property lines when this humvee falls and falls on top of the neighbor that's what you get though because why didn't you run in the same direction as the other guy and not towards your yard because that would be smart dinner is nice with karen athena tony and the kids but when tony is talking to karen alone in the kitchen she hears her mother 
being very, you know, pessimistic. Like, aren't you concerned about her being so old going into the medical field? Like some people can gut you in a way by trying to be like, oh, I'm so concerned, but it's really undermining. And she knows her mother long enough to know that's exactly what it is. And my mom does the same thing. Like she, the whole time I'm showing her my new car. She's like, I just can't believe you got this deal. I can't believe, you know, she just can't believe it every time. And I want to, every, sometimes I fight it. Sometimes I don't because she doesn't, I don't think that that's within her wherewithal to understand some of these things. And for my peace of mind and my soul, I have to just let shit go. But she does. It's, it's a nitpicky thing and it's supposed to be because she cares, but it is a little bit of jealousy as she mentions at the end um envy and i'm sure there's some pride in there somewhere (laughs) however she also just can't not be happy for you when you're successful she always has to find a way to try to to underpin it in some manner i'm like woman i'm 37 years old first and foremost i i have a child of my own who's like almost a teenager when you gonna look at me and go hey she might have her life together she don't need me have input on her life decisions that's why i don't tell her half the time before when i went to go buy my car you think i told my mom was going to go buy a car no because she was gonna say go bring a man with you why my last three cars i picked out i did not have a dick in my pocket they weren't standing next to me and i picked out all great cars I even was cursing her out said did i lose my last car i'm sorry did was that repossessed or something because why are you telling me i need to pay my car note did, did that become a problem that that i'm unaware of because i know i ain't never been laying on my car note so so why are you telling me i need to pay my car note now have you been repossessed this few times Now, and like my sister, though, I won't tear her ass up. Like my sister, my youngest one, because she always going over there, will just tell her straight up to her face. Like, um, how about you let me do the things that I am 10 times like I got somewhere with my situation, ma'am. You're still living off the government and you ain't got a job. So I don't know how you can tell me about anything when that's what you are starting off on the base of your like we've gotten past that all of us none of us get cards none of us are in the government all of us got 401ks my sister's a little crazy because she keeps trying to leave the country with her three kids she is batshit but even batshit crazy she got a she got a fucking full-time job she don't i mean she got her own everything is she got bought her first house i actually think this is her second house that she bought she winning is what i'm trying to say is she don't go to my mama and be like i need you to help me be successful like nobody has done this in in a long time if anything it's the other way around but she's still throwing out that advice so bobby goes over when harry was told to go to bed and he goes or do his homework he gonna say i could do it in the morning excuse me bitch or not is correct sir or not and i'm glad that he didn't even have to say anything it's the look it's like are you out of your mind (laughs) like you know what you just said was not gonna fly i don't i shouldn't even have to correct you and he didn't he's like okay let me go ahead and slide off before i get backhand in the middle of next week 
Michael pulls Bobby into the neighbor situation and when Boothang Davis showed up and they had out the binoculars and they was balls deep into this shit, I was dying. He has talked to him about the neighbor too, David that is. He's like, oh, come on, boo, I thought we were done with this. It's too much trash. (laughs) They think something illegal is going on and Bobby decides to check the trash out at david's behest or suggestion while michael plays lookout the music was golden as the men rush over with their gloves (laughs) david's like ain't this shit illegal well technically it's private property but don't worry this is not our first stroll down petty crime (laughs) the evidence shows that slim is running an illegal surgery operation surgical operation michael decides to actually commit a crime by breaking and entering into the man's apartment and then calls 911 instead of just calling 911 but then he is knocked out because he's stupid athena shows up to conclude that i'm right Bobby ain't stupid though. I swear to God, Bobby is the smartest G of all of them because he knew damn well his wife was going to have heads rolling. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to ghost with the child where it's safe. Because she straight said, where's my husband? Michael is able to determine that the woman lives in the building and Athena is able to save her, reuniting with Bobby. They found the fired unlicensed doctor sometime later, I guess, because they're all talking about it in the living room. His greediness almost caused a woman to die, but is it really his fault that this woman is stupid enough to have surgery in an apartment? How trife do you got to be to let some person do surgery on you and they are not a doctor? Like, how desperately do you need that Botox injection? Well, those are minor like actual scalpel like you about to go into my no fuck that athena makes it clear that this will be the last of these amateur detective shenanigans i love the conversation between han and karen about how you know her mom has always been undermining her amen then she learns a little bit later that she's homeless she lost her job and has been evicted and she goes up to tell mama you know it's fine it's not your fault it's the pandemic and she says i'm 64 and broke kind of feels like my fault and this is what i keep trying to tell my mom i'm like look you need to come up with a game plan and stop thinking that your husband right now is the he's not the game plan my dad is sick and i'm not wishing anything but he's not in the greatest of health and he can live off of social security and because he's 60 some years old my mom's not sick she feels I think because she lives with a man 13 years older that she feels 13 years older but she's not 13 years older she's still relatively young and she needs to get the she needs to get a fucking job she can talk about the other day in the car this is what i'm telling you why i be looking at her sometimes she go get in the car and be like um well because she's looking for a car she got into something because someone ran into her car so there's nothing that happened so two people actually the same (laughs) week hit her car so she needs a new car at least eventually she needs one she told me she could duct tape it up and the other one still quote unquote runs and since she was over here the other day i guess it runs enough it's only uh, cosmetic damage to the vehicle 
However, when she gets in, she won't go find something in her price range, right? Now she is about to get this demi once again. She already just got a tax refund that was eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars. She is about to get this demi with her and her two kids, and then my father too. So that's all in the household. So that's what? That's a, a, a generous amount of money, right? Do you think she's about to go try to put it down on a car that she can, like a two dollars $3,000 car to need her to get back and forth? Because she goes absolutely nowhere. She doesn't go to work because <laughs> she doesn't have a job. So she just needs something to get to point A and point B, to the store and back, around town. That's it. She wants to go take two three thousand dollars and put it on a 2019 2018 well okay let me put it on the 2011 how about let's put it on nothing because you don't have money for a car payment you don't have money for a car payment because you don't have a job when i point this out to her she's like well i don't want to be driving anything i don't excuse me i'm not trying to be funny and i have not made an announcement about it because i don't feel the need to always share everything in my life but i was out without a car for a year like right before the pandemic hit my car was in an accident it was smashed up by a a truck not my fault got paid out on it whatever then the pandemic hit and i had a choice to make do i want to go out and buy a car because i went to a lot of car places and looked for a car but none of them seemed right or i didn't have the money i wanted i didn't it didn't feel like a good business decision on my part so i made a sacrifice i said i guess i'm going to just be hopping rides and that's what i did for almost a whole year i just buckled down did what i had to did save up money and get a car that i can afford and that was going to benefit me was a good business decision that means i had to go without that means i couldn't and like my sister got a new car my other like even my mom had gotten a car at that point granted it was a car that now the car she has right now someone gave it to her right so she didn't even pay for this car that she has right now and she couldn't even be bothered to spend any money on the shock brakes that this car needed it's 400 fucking dollars so my mom has really terrible monetary decisions but she will be sitting in in my face telling me like well if you don't pay your rent i said why did i not pay my rent do i do i have an eviction notice on my door have i had one she loves to bring things back from like 10 years ago when you asked her to borrow some money because you might have been going through some shit yeah yeah when i when i wasn't making as much and i was getting 50 dollars a week for child support yeah that's gonna be a little different than the situation i find myself i have not asked my mom for more than 10 dollars in the last two years so she be cracking me up but the point of it is is some people to get ahead in life that means you have to sacrifice you have to start making smart decisions you can't live day to day like hen's mother and she even said i got it from my mama i got it from my mama that's fine you can the cycle is that's some trueness to that there's a cycle that needs to be broken but when you broken the cycle you don't get to still act like there's a cycle and as much as i was feeling bad for hen's mom she also did it to herself and you all you don't really feel that bad to her because she was so shitty but she still loves her mom and despite you know their beef she does appreciate the things she did give to her and that's the same thing with my mom as much as i we go back and forth and we do all the time sometimes i don't make it worth my time to even go with her back and forth with her i just go call my sister and we have a whole powwow (laughs) me and my sister buff 
will dog the shit out of her when she ain't around but it's something to be said though for these single women out there like you got to get like you shouldn't be 64 year old and broke we got to come up with plans and the plan ain't let me move in with my child and i feel like my mom is pretty okay with that idea and i know which child she going for too because she do she can't she she can't roll to my house she knows she knows she can't i would let her in but she knows she wouldn't be there for long because my ass would be finding her way get out like what we need to do ma'am you, oh you need to go to a job interview guess what you got i will i will find her the job interviews and drive her ass there best believe this is a temporary situation to get your ass together and see my sister my younger sister they they're born on the same day they have the exact same birthday um but it wouldn't be the same she'd just curse her out and then use her <laughs> as her live-in mammy <laughs> so she got two choices in life she might want to consider um a lot more closely maybe she needs to watch this episode <laughs> but i do um thank my mom for all of that like because of how i grew up and her you know she did have good work ethic it's not that my mom's not a great worker it's just at some point in the last three years she just got lazy as fuck i don't know or it could be longer than that i have lived out of ohio for 10 years so i missed a lot let's finish up this episode with the fact that veronica is dating um albert they had already had sex because he was in her apartment shower cap on no he just had a, a towel on like oh wow she's like you helped me meet a really great guy <laughs> after buck stops being petty and that's how we end 911 let's finish it off with new amsterdam you come me open and I keep bleeding, keep, keep bleeding this is season three episode one the new normal written by david schulner and eric manheimer directed by peter horton i gave this episode a 7 out of 10 it was not one of my favorites however i think that they showcased a lot of and i'm sure mimi's gonna talk about it and she has talked about it as she is in the nursing field about what it's like to have been a nurse or a doctor or anyone in the medical field during the first months of the pandemic versus this whole entire year so what i felt in the beginning of this episode which they did a really good montage to a wonderful world um was that people having these mass burning parties and cave into restrictions they just keep forgetting about the half million people and more who have died because that's just the united states alone and how hospitals handled that situation understaffed overwhelmed emotionally devastating watching many people die a week people on ventilators not being able to say goodbye to their families you're holding their hands people are assholes is what i'm trying to say in the united states of one america and a lot of them just have no type of empathetic remorse response to the fact that death happened and i know there's this idea that if it doesn't happen to me then it didn't happen but you you don't have to be that much more of a person i mean how selfish everyone wants to go back to fucking normal whatever normal was but you're not going to go back to that place and that's where a lot of people need to kind of move on in their life and you know these are the caucasian people that don't know what strife is and that's what it is that's just what facts they don't know what that means and thus 
this crisis to them it all they just want to sweep it under the rug and move on like it's fairy tales and it, everything it just normalize itself once again but it that's never going to be the case because people are still struggling with this people i even like the fact that they brought kapoor that's my favorite arc or more uh heart felt arc is that people that are getting off of ventilators after a year still have problems they have to deal with that there are still issues in the medical field just because there's a vaccine everyone's or some people i should say are like problem solved and the problem is not solved you're just selfish and want any reason to go out and pretend as if it didn't happen and that's denial people who really do understand what happened last year and that it is impactful and not just for the people who are struggling in families or have lost one loved ones but there are a lot of people that are unemployed i'm blessed to have a job but i'm not ignorant of the fact that people don't have them or are not making the same amount of money or got put on a ventilator and now they have millions of hospital bills that they have to pay i, I just to me sometimes though and i know it's those folks that's like oh i got covid i was perfectly fine you know they're, they announce it like it's a fucking badge of honor I, I just still bothers me to this day and this is why i'm more with helen I don't, there is no new normal <laughs> you know i'm more afraid to go back to to dealing with fucking people and like i don't want to go back and i'm so glad at this point i don't have to go back to work in an office and talk and hearing other people's opinions because i might actually punch someone in the fucking face if i hear the right thing <laughs> wrong thing and that is something i i think a lot are going to be you know even when the restrictions are lifted fucking texas is stupid texas has been stupid though that's why they that's when karma comes knocking on your door and then you still don't listen that's what you get for the people who are good in texas i am so sorry what happened with the pipes and everything i really am and that your your mayor governor whoever said fuck y'all and went off on vacation yeah i really feel bad for you guys but the most of y'all i'm like i don't give a shit that <laughs> you're suffering right now because you kind of deserve it you republican pieces of shit in that state and that's just how i feel that's how i feel like hey know what it's like for five minutes to have something bad happen to you and you be helpless and they couldn't deal with it for a week bloom let's start with her because we started the plane crash i should say uh that's where we get most of the cases this week bloom's storyline was the least favorite because she misses the fight and forces her fellow ed employees to follow up with patients that are not their patients anymore because only she can care for them all and we for some reason got so much on our plate but we need to keep caring like, i wasn't with what she was saying i get where her mind was trying to go but you that's on you if you want to play captain save everybody that that's your right to do so but some people just came in to do their damn job they, it's not supposed to be emotionally on you like that like i would think that wouldn't be healthy at all and thus why i wasn't feeling what she was saying i understand the idea of you get addicted to the fight or you are you miss the fight because that's when you're most at your best effective and you only have to focus on one thing because it's the fight and they really didn't go into that with her i hope they don't hook her and that dude up because she does not deserve him whatsoever uh but he was definitely giving looks like 
<laughs> they wanted they were two were gonna be a thing in the future and i hope not but i understood what he was trying to say but they were also putting it in a very limited amount of context which is what i remember this show always doing wrong they go half in and they don't put the other foot in and it's bothersome because she also has a problem with addiction and considering that i think that her being caught up in the covid is a great way she doesn't have to deal with addiction it's a great way where she feels in the void that uh addiction is with something else and that became covid so i felt her crying because the doctor didn't want her fucking up her patient being like well when i was when we were all working together through covid you know you thanked me for helping your patients and now boo-hoo okay so <laughs> let me get this straight someone else is not allowed to love their own patient only you can because you saw you touched them first that does not make any type of sense to me it just came off as selfish and presumptive and you was killing this woman because you didn't know what to do because you're not qualified so if you're not qualified if you really want to go be a doctor go to school otherwise let the doctors once you call who the doctor is that's just protocol has nothing to do with whatever you need to fill the void in your life emotionally with i was with the rest of doctors like fuck you (laughs) you need to take your personal issues somewhere else how is she in charge of the ed now we have kapoor who got covid and is on a ventilator for a year but it caused damage to his heart muscle and valve and they say uh the best heart surgeon in the world wouldn't be able to fix him so of course that means we have to call mr nobody cares named floyd back into the picture max had searched all episode for i'm not even going to say it the p word to get him and many other patients off the ventilators he spoke to a lot of hospitals and you know it was mainly a discussion about how they're short supplied how pharmacy companies send you shit you don't know because like, what am i supposed to do with all this herpes medication and then another hospital needed herpes medication <laughs> so it was a good way for them to network without having to go through the insurance companies and yada yada let's move over to from who also had a very eh storyline to me he is tasked with the pilot and ntb are there to talk to him about the situation some passengers have said he was acting erratic we find out this man is bipolar he has a bipolar disorder and that he thought he was having a manic episode or he was having a manic episode he didn't admit to that right uh but he's kept it secret from the airline despite it being a violation of employment because i would never get a raise so on and so forth yada yada but that's not what the focus is it's the system and its treatment of people with mental health and that's all well and fine if that's what you want to make your crusade about as someone who suffers anxiety i understand that there are certain you know tropes or what's the word i'm looking for stereotypes whatever the case may be to to health concerns being bipolar and a pilot i would have to look into but but how many people do you go to your when you're at the at the airport right and you're sitting in your seat and you're handing over your ticket and you sit in that plane and the pilot introducing yourself are you wondering what his medical records are looking like no you're assuming that the employer has been notified and he they're doing all their due diligence and they're following compliance 
I'm not, no one needs to know that he's bipolar. No one needs to know that. If he's doing his job and there's no incidents, whatever. That's between him and whoever employs him. So this whole idea of, well, patient people would know I'm bipolar. Nobody, no one. Nope, no. You're not going to get me with that. Secondly, just because you feel people are going to react to you in a certain way does not give you the right to lie on your fucking application. The airline has a due diligence to its passengers i.e. making sure you're taking your fucking medication because all we know you're not just because you say so doesn't make it fact because we've seen it on the opposite side where bipolar people will be off of their medication but we're not going to talk about that we're just going to focus on the fact that he's bipolar so he automatically had a stigma on him so he felt the need he couldn't tell anyone no that's irresponsible uh max helping hide this patient when he is presented with a federal order made me feel like both these assholes needed to be arrested obstruction is not a way to solve something especially when you're trying to exonerate a man that doesn't need to be exonerated by you in the next you can still be his doctor and go with him with his lawyers to help exonerate him they're just asking questions they're doing their job and you're trying to hide him because you think he's gonna fall for it because he has bipolar disorder you're making assumptions about the system too you didn't allow for this man to call his rep i know how this shit goes so they again once they tried to do certain things like it, it was all of six hours of this inquiry they would not have convicted him in six fucking hours and he's still in trouble mind you for lying on his application so the hawaii 660 reference was beyond asinine i didn't care about it it was dumb i hated it helen and cassian she has been ghosting him for months apparently though she says it's not intentional her patient's care came first he says when you want to hang out let's do it she says how about tonight they end up working together on the co-pilot during surgery and helen gets to get some scalpel action he starts flirting with her and like you still like that place on tie and that other nurse was like uh okay this is what we doing i'm glad all these privileged ass people get to run around and <laughs> whatever while he's impressed by her skills helen clearly has some ptsd over cleaning uh is and is very uncomfortable when he touches her and she says i can't do this right now and leaves max and helen i'm glad we ended with them on the episode because that was pretty much the best part other than the working like i like that beginning with him trying to find the the supplies and how it's shortage like that was was good material uh kapoor was good material even max and cassian was good material uh max and helen is just the bloom and the from and max storyline i just did not care for and they were predominantly the episode <laughs> max and helen meet on the roof he's in her spot mm-hmm. he's trying to get all up in her spot they talk about the their girl their girl and how she is much safer with georgina's parents i'm so glad because kids are the worst when you're trying to <laughs> film with one you don't want to see a kid all the time you just don't and max shares that we don't he no longer wants to fix or no wait he starts off with welcome to the new normal helen is afraid of normal as it feels foreign um max then says that i no longer want to fix the system i want to tear it down and build a better one for my daughter 
for you he's got a hierarchy on the people he cares about and then everybody else mm-hmm. i see you max you putting it out there max y'all probably been up on this roof for a long time having this uh non-touching relationship and helen's phone goes off now the first time her phone goes off i bet you that was cassian because he gonna say am i boring you I wish I had Nick Jonas's jealous because that's what came in my mind when I first. <laughs> I was like, oh, because mm-hmm, that ringtone was like kisses and something. I don't even know. And then her pager goes off and his goes off as well. And that's when everyone in New York applauds and honks their horn for the people in the healthcare field. I hear they still do that. So that is a beautiful touch to give. I mean, there's only so many ways you can say thank you. But being aware of the issue would be one of them. And hopefully this show showcases that a lot more. And I expect that they will. So I think I have talked all I can talk for these episodes. Let's head into the feedback. Christina is me shy I'm here to talk about the den we finally got all three shows back all at once New Amsterdam finally premiering this week this past week I should say and yeah so I think I will just start out by talking about New Amsterdam first since it's been such a long time since we've talked about it um I will say for me, uh, this episode, it, it just, it was kind of strange for me. Like, I don't know, was, I don't know if it was one of those things, unlike the flash where it was like, you know, coming home to, you know, all the shenanigans that's going on. This one was, it was like feeling, I was feeling out the show again. Um, Cause it just seemed, I, it just seemed like it wasn't quite the same. I don't know how to describe it, but I did like, I mean, I did enjoy it. It just wasn't, it was just a decent premiere for me. I mean, there were some parts that I really, really liked, and there were some parts that were just okay. Um, I really, really liked the opening, how they opened up the um, the show with the, you know, giving us a, their vantage point on their response to the pandemic, the the hecticness, the chaos, the emotional turmoil, the all that stuff that they went through uh, during that time, the exhaustion. So you really got to see from their perspective what the pandemic meant to them and um, what they went through um, during it, especially at the, I mean, I'm sure some are still going through. I don't even know where, I haven't even been paying attention to the news, so I don't even know where we're at numbers wise um, when it comes to um, people having COVID, being hospitalized for COVID. I know that numbers were hella high in December and January, but I had to turn that stuff off because it was just becoming too depressing. 
to continue to um, listen to and know that people are just not doing what they're supposed to do. And because of it, our numbers are high. People not wanting to wear masks and things of that nature. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm sure that scene gave a great indication of what it was like or what it continues to be like. So I like that. I enjoyed that. Uh, I was sad to, you know, and I mean, it was sad, of course, you know, Kapoor, am I saying his name right? Um, to find out he can, he got COVID and seeing him go through, you know, having a main cast. I thought that was a nice touch to have a main cast actually contract COVID and then seeing him battle it and try to recover from it um of course we've seen at the end that it's even though he's out of the woods as far as having covid the after effects of it is or the consequence of him having it is life-changing um his heart was compromised and he's going to need a new one and that's when we got the end of the episode revealed that reynolds is coming back so <clears throat> not sure how I feel about it because I was ready for him to go uh, when he was there because they just dragged out his departure to the point where it was like, OK, just leave already. Um, so I don't know how I feel about after all that him returning. But I mean, I don't know if I don't know if the actor is returning permanently or if this is just a storyline uh situation he's just coming back for this storyline and then leaving again not quite sure um but i mean i'm not mad about him coming back it's just uh, after all that drama with the girlfriend and going to san francisco not going to san francisco it was just crazy so um well i mean it was nice to see him i was just like hmm wonder what this means then we have Max storyline with him trying to find some drug and reaching out to all the other hospitals, I guess, directors and trying to see if they have it and each one is missing something that they need and the other person. So it's like my thing with that. I don't know, <laughs> I guess because of my mindset, but what Max said at the end, like, why don't we just do this in the first place? That was my thought. Like, why didn't y'all just do this to begin with? Like, y'all are get paid the big bucks to think this way. So it's like, it would have made more sense to just have a meeting, get together, pull your resources, see what you got, see what everybody has, see what, you know, help each other out. So, but I know they had to make it dramatic for the episode. So string it out that way. Um, Helen apparently she's having some some PTSD type feelings about the uh, pandemic and I like her what she said to Max at the end um, when they were on the roof or the balcony or whatever they were about um, the new normal and because that's to basically that's how it's like as we because we're still teleworking as we go back, transition back to the real world or to how we used to do things. Will it ever really be the same? I just don't think the world or our country will be the same 
after we'll never completely go back to how things were because I know in my job because we learned so much during this pandemic a new way of doing business a new way of reaching out to clients a new way of engaging with people that it I don't think we'll ever completely go back to how it used to be before COVID I think we'll implement a lot of the things that we've learned through this COVID experience in teleworking that we will implement in when we go back so the new normal I like that because it's not going to be the same and I like that conversation she had with Max about that and how her feelings about it so because I could relate to that um what else yeah I forgot about what's this Cassius the 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 guy that she was supposed to have been starting a relationship with at the end of season last season because I couldn't remember what happened at the end of last season so um this reminded me of that so apparently she put the hold on that because she's not quite comfortable going out at the moment going out into society which a lot of people aren't I mean you would find that hard to believe the way some people are acting but yeah there are some of us that are not quite ready and not quite comfortable being out there in the real world going to restaurants going you know acting like everything's normal when it's really not excuse me um who else oh yeah Iggy his storyline with the pilot and of course we got Max being extra (laughs) as always hiding the uh, pilot as they try to figure out what happened how the plane crashed I will say that was a surprise like okay (laughs) seeing this plane crashing into the river um but we have this pilot that's bipolar and thinking that his manic um when he went into his manic mode that he might have caused the crash and then of course we find out in the end that that's not the case that he tried to save everybody um so that one was an interesting storyline. We have Bloom and her, um, the after her feeling the aftermath of the chaoticness of the pandemic as things start to settle in. Her talking about her missing the fight, so to speak, and the chaos and the, I guess she, the feeling of being needed that she was out there saving lives and doing her part which I get you know when that adrenaline rush that adrenaline high you know goes down and is no longer there you miss it a little bit and so they have that conversation I thought that was nice um but yeah it was um it was a good episode good series season premiere um yeah that's about all I have for that one. Then we have 911, which at parts had me dying. The Michael, Bobby, and David part, I'm sorry, I was done. <laughs> and I think the music played a part in it because it was just so, they were so over the top. I mean, Athena sent Bobby over there to talk some sense into Michael, and Bobby ends up getting. <laughs> caught up in this whole mystery of I spy and um getting involved in this dude across the way with the excessive trash <laughs> which uh 
again I thought was funny and then David comes home and is like uh what are y'all doing <laughs> and then he gets caught up in it and there it was just funny I I, I enjoyed that so much um that whole storyline of them doing that and him and Bobby going out Bobby and David going out to the trash my only thing is why in the world out of all that my only thing on this one is why would Michael go across the way into the apartment I'm like what what are you doing (laughs) first of all you're supposed to be in the lookout of course Bobby crazy behind loses his phone in the trash and then David leaves his phone in the house (laughs) I'm like oh my gosh and so oh yeah so that was the only part I'm like Michael you're supposed to be the lookout and yet you uh (laughs) leave your apartment go across the way and go into the man's apartment so that was the only crazy part to me um and of course he gets knocked out for his efforts but he ended up saving the woman so I guess his nosiness um paid off in many ways even though that was crazy um then we have Buck going out on his date and it being a train wreck and then coming to find out the girl is his neighbor so he's freaking out not wanting to I'm like dude just I mean it's not like you're all in neighbors it's not like y'all live together I mean <laughs> it, it didn't work out you'll be all right so I wasn't too surprised by the Albert uh twist at the end I'm like I had a feeling that uh, Albert was end up getting with that girl. Um, what else? Oh yeah, Buck and Eddie, the whole turkey situation. I will say, of course, I knew it was some type of animal, but I did not see the turkey thing coming. I'm like, why do y'all have a turkey? <laughs> anyway, so that one was crazy. Um, oh yeah, hen story. That one tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. I thought that was a good storyline, her and her mother. It reminded me of my mom and my sister um, and their situation, unlike Hen and her mom, which is, of course, that's how it is on (laughs) shows. By the end of the episode, they've resolved their issues. Um, That's not the case for my mom and my sister. And it's the same kind of thing. It's like my mom sees our childhood and our relationship a certain way and my sister sees our childhood and how how we were raised and how we are today another way and so they come from from two different perspectives my mom you know of course she had us young so she made many mistakes and she wasn't the perfect parent and my sister just holds certain things against her she sees certain things a certain way and um and is wanting something from my mom that she's not getting and instead of communicating those things we continue to have these miscommunications going on or hurt feelings and not really just sitting down and just being vulnerable towards one another to resolve it and move past it instead we just continue to go in this circle of you know my mom feeling a certain way about my sister my sister feeling a certain way about my mom and so it's a thing so I really totally related to that and seeing that play out with my um family 
And I think that's all I have to say about 911. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Like I said, especially the the Michael one, <laughs> it was just too hilarious. Um, I'm sure there were some other calls that went on that I just can't remember them right now. Oh yeah, the Humvee falling on the dude. I'm sorry, but guess what I'll be doing once it's all said and done. I, I'm suing. <laughs> There's no way in hell I'm going to have some Humvee drop on me. I survive it and I'm not getting paid. So no, I'm, I'm saying I, you know, I was part of the military. I love the military, but no, you paying me for that. So there's that. So 911. Then we have mixage. I I like this one too. This one was about the black woman stereotypes, tropes that um, perpetuate in our society, in the workplace, wherever and how that affects us so we got alicia and denise the um reciprocants of those different stereotypes the i mean i thought it was funny the little game show thing that they were doing with harrison like what is it gonna be mammy so yeah and i and i definitely i would say out of all of them the angry black woman one gets to me gets in my head the most oh of course the strong black woman that but the angry black woman as far as work is concerned because I do I do find myself pausing um sometimes not all the time you know because I'm I wouldn't say I'm confrontational but I am not I'm not one to lay down and just accept things if I see a problem with something I'm gonna say something I'm going to let it be known I have a problem with it and why and we're gonna have a discussion about it it's not gonna be one of those things where I'm just gonna sit in the corner and be silent that's just not how I roll I mean I'm not angry about it y'all know how I am I'm very calm um and that's just my personality I have a and I mean it's my personality and it's just my training you know I'm so used to being in positions of having to de-escalate situations and talk you know talk down situate talk people down and you know be a mediator resolve things um again thanks to my time in the military and my job now as a social worker so it's ingrained in me to the point where it just it's just something that I do and so I never come at people in anger that's just again not how I roll but at the same time I'm gonna be firm and I think my time in the military has made me a lot more blunt and a lot more straightforward and again I mean they I hate using the word aggressive because I don't see it as aggressive but some might see it as aggressive um, especially in this field, the social services field, where everything's all touchy-feely, everybody's in their feelings about something. Um, it's harder. I'm, I would probably be seen that way. And so I tend to try to, uh, at, not all the time, because sometimes it's like, um, yeah, uh, this is just going to come out how it's going to come out. But um, a lot of times I'll, you know, try to tone down my tone if that makes sense um but yet still getting my point across but 
trying to because I want to be make sure that I'm being heard and it's not one of those things where because it's come across a certain way people are automatically on the defense not hearing it or whatever the case may be so I try to be mindful of that especially in my position as a supervisor but at the same time I'm not going to be accepting any BS and I'm not going to be going for any BS so and they know that about me and I know my supervisor uh she I, I mean I'll, I'll let her know in advance all right well I got this email and I'm gonna warn you now this is how I'm feeling and you know so <clears throat> I still feel comfortable I mean it's not to the point where I'm not gonna like I said say how I feel and what I think um so it is what it is if you take it a certain way I mean that's on you um what else yeah, the strong black woman thing. I I think that's a, a whole a whole thing with our society, even in our own culture, that we continue to uh, have that thrown in our direction. Like we can't be vulnerable. We can't be. We can't, you know, show too much. So I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna get into that. But I love the episode. I love. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to say love, but I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed Paul's <laughs> feelings of guilt about, you know, returning to the workforce and not being around the children as much. I know that's something that we as parents struggle with. I know that I do, especially when I when I was in the military because I worked a whole lot longer hours and the kids were younger. So there was that sense of guilt. Um, that you're not giving them the time that they deserve and that they need so I would make sure that on the weekends that I'd be I'm mindful of that and do things with the children and and even during the week I'll take some time I, I won't watch tv until they're you know whining that going to bed or something like that I'll focus on them doing their homework cooking dinner stuff like that just to make sure that I am making an effort to a conscious effort to spend quality time with the with the children one-on-one or together of course now that they're older teenagers young adults it's uh (laughs) it's not that much of a thing (laughs) um I have to uh hunt them down to spend some time I mean they still are around and stuff like that but as always they're getting to the point where um they are trying to be adults and independent so they don't want to be around mama as much which is perfectly understandable sorry had a because I was uh, I watched this episode and I know I told myself not to do it but I did it anyway <laughs> I didn't take notes and I watched this one like four four or five days ago um, so don't remember too much of everything that went on but I know I enjoyed it on that note I will leave it at that so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy
That was her shyness with thoughts on the episode. So I wrote down a few notes here. Um, yeah, people resolving what your mama did and you still ain't over it. But my thing is, at what point are you going to live your life and be an adult and stop worrying about what your mama did when like 15 years ago? I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. Like I can sit there and point out all the shit my mama did but why (laughs) when you become a parent yourself you're gonna fuck all the way up as well you're gonna make your mistakes some are bigger than others sure but at some point you you gotta go out and fix yourself you can't sit and be like oh my mom and i did something to my mom you know how many people come from bad situations shut the fuck up oh i didn't mean that to your sister but i do kind of mean that to your sister (laughs) Like, let's just t- to say what you need to say, feel what you need to feel, but you ain't got to sit there and be angry about it to the point where you still bitter for it. Like, my mo- sister does the same thing. My mom, she really does feel guilt too. That's what, another reason why I don't put a lot on her. Because she'll be like, oh, I was such a bad parent. I'm like, but you weren't the worst. <laughs> I can come up with a whole lot more worst examples of bad parents people just need to put shit in perspective and they refuse to do so because they don't want to think with their brains because that's a lot of work but just think about it like this would you be want someone to be holding something over you 40 years later no you would not so i mean to things like that you gotta you gotta come up out of your own ass and try to see something from someone else's perspective my mom was a young mom too she had me when she was 18 17 actually is when she got pregnant she had me when she was 18 so it's not like i don't look at that and go you know what you had all the answers you should have done better (laughs) what kind of person am i to even think that it's not to say i don't look at it right now and be like girl you need to do better but that's that's based on now i ain't got nothing to do with back then um i too really like the mix this episode uh, or the 911. I think that one's my favorite of this week. Uh, you were talking about your your department and how you talk to angry black woman. I hate that as well. And, and that's the thing. People, you will say something that is absolutely correct, but oh, it's how you said it. What that got to do with the fact that y'all don't authenticate y'all callers and you're telling me this to my face? What is that? What, how how was I supposed to say that in a manner? That was supposed to make you feel well when you're blatantly violating company policy. So no, then when I go to HR, yeah, my team hated me because I went to HR. I reported them because as far as I'm concerned, if y'all get busted, I'm not getting busted with you. They was doing all types of shit they shouldn't have been doing. And that's why that that whole department don't even barely exist anymore with two, three people. So sometimes you got to speak up for no other reason than I see why ass. But secondly, I hate that excuse. That's just an easy way to say, I don't want to be responsible. I just want to put you responsible as well for even bringing it up. It's always you got to be involved in it. And I hate that. They used to say that to me for, I mean, days straight. It's about the way you said it. What do you mean? All I said was the words. You don't authenticate your callers. How was I supposed to say it? And maybe I did say it with a little rough voice. Maybe I said it more like, y'all don't authenticate your callers? Any, either way it doesn't matter the point of it <laughs> is that how all y'all working here for 40 years and you ain't done something that is pretty much in the handbook i get i have a right to be even appalled at that that's not my that's not me saying anything that was always my thing 
because the point of it is they wanted me to shut the fuck up and not say anything i'm a token i'm supposed to be grateful for being there that they chose me to work at this job never mind neither person that was my boss actually interviewed me for this job so there's that then the whole angry black woman thing that pisses me off beyond because i feel as if anything that a black woman says is being angry if it's passionate because passion is not something we're allowed to have passion is considered anger i'm like no i'm being passionate and i used to get that said to me all the time too well well you know i know you're coming from a right place so if you my boss know i'm coming from a right place why can't you go tell them other people that i'm coming from a right place because you feel the need that those white people are more verified or validated in their opinions than mine i've been dealing with this in corporate america for a long time and i'm glad that 2020 did happen because that made a lot of changes to my job and that's because all of the black people i mean you can say something's a problem when one or two say like oh maybe that's them when 50,000 people at the same company tell you the exact same wording <laughs> i mean the exact same actual lingo that white people have said to them no that's not a hey that's just you know you it is a way in which you treat your black employees that's just fucked up i really hate it like even in my last pds like i got what i got i got good i got my five percent that's all i really give a shit about but quite frankly all of those better than or those uh expected should have been better than expected how you gonna write actual in the paragraph did better outperformed everyone in the team and you give me an expected instead of a better than expected you know why because you're a petty ass person and you refuse to give someone their credit because they cannot have the token being better than them and that is where i'm just ugh. and i'm the same way i'm not i can't see something wrong and not say something that's my own integrity it ain't got nothing to do with cya i said cya but it is also my integrity I came to show up to do a job while I'm here I'm doing my damn job I don't bitch about it while I'm here like other people do I don't sit there no I'm you paying me I'm coming to do my job and then I do my job really well I do my job really well because I want to be successful because that's my brand and I I want my brand to be badass she gets shit done but when you're in an environment where they don't want you to shine you definitely and then the people that I do see like I did and that's not to say I didn't have opportunity because I sure as shit did have an opportunity I needed to stop talking about them on the floor <laughs> that was my biggest thing I didn't know how to start talking about the people I mean I had someone called I got called out and got pulled into the office well really just a talking to they never wrote shit up on paper because they already knew if they even tried it but that got pulled into the office because I was talking all the way across the building. This is what I tell you in corporate about someone and someone peeped what I was saying and then ran and told my boss I was talking about someone else. This is, mind you, I'm not even in the fucking office. I'm in the other side of the building where the cafeteria is, but I'm not allowed to have a conversation anywhere because that's just how it is. So I got smart enough in the sense of now I need to know how to just not say certain things, but it doesn't mean I don't say what i need to say i just saying it to the wrong people and that was my learning experience when i got emotional intelligence i'm like why am i dealing with these penny ad people let me go stack my deck and that's what i fucking did my boss was listening to the rcl like he had we had a strategic plan yeah i got that shit all fixed up i had it took a minute <laughs> but i straight had my boss 
going to my rcl talking about me and he had to account for his own actions on how he is helping me you know why because i made my rcl my mentor <laughs> once that happened you best believe all those conversations stopped happening real quick real quick not even the rcl of my office the rcl of another office you know why because he's like i know you i know your work ethic and i sure shit would take you in a heartbeat and i was almost transferred to that office before the pandemic but case in point that i wanted to say with you you do have to speak up if you're a person of integrity you have to speak up and y'all white people need to stop trying to use that to excuse your own behavior because you don't want to feel inadequate because that's what that is and the angry black shit really just that bothers me the most <laughs> and then the mammy the game no mammy no mammy no mammy no step i love that with um the whammy show no whammies no whammies no whammies stop um i also loved in my other department like that's the thing when you are of a certain caliber and then you go to another department and they like want that shit i mean they be, they be like oh thank god <laughs> someone who gives a shit oh i could go in a less department and be loved and as far as i'm concerned i'm gonna stay in this department i thought about going back to the office i said why am i gonna go back there i give them all my hard damn work and they don't appreciate it so no until i find someone that i feel i want to work in that department for because they would love to have you back because i already know they fucking up i already know how i know they fucking up because people are already reaching out to me in my inbox talking about how they fucking up I was like, hey, no, that y'all, that's y'all's decision. I'm not coming back a third time. Absolutely not. Because last time I did, I went and I literally dug that whole entire department out of its mess. And then they said, oh, okay, well, you know, we're not even going to give you. It's like, I almost got laid off. And it wasn't due to my performance whatsoever. It's because I was hired on this date in this office. So, hey, you guys, like me and this other girl, we was the top two. I mean, we was pissed pissed and there were other people on the team that knew that the, it was wrong they knew it they knew damn well and a few would speak would speak up that had integrity there was a few that i liked um but it worked out anyway like i said a lot of people got forced to retirement and i'm still getting a paycheck and all my pto and this 401k is banking so i mean things work out the way they work out all you could ever do is what's right and keep doing the best job you can i'm not even going in the office to like i love the fact that i'm working from home now because all it is is my performance actually in this new office that i am department it is all about your performance <laughs> and how you talk to the customers and i don't even have to do, worry about dealing with my team i'm like the manager of my team anyway but i feel like i'm talking a whole bunch about myself and i don't want to let's go back to this episode um other episodes i should say my notes clearly they trying to keep this dude floyd is who i'm talking about with new amsterdam i don't know if it's gonna be temporary or not hopefully he gives up his heart and he's dead i didn't like his character <laughs> i'll just put it out there like that and uh what else the new normal yes you're correct about that people burning masks yes they're trash i haven't watched the news as well and that's what it is you turn it off and you forget about it but i don't forget about it just because i turned it off uh i don't recall how last season ended either and what else did i write here oh yeah for 911, 
because that was New Amsterdam. <laughs> and then now on one, I, all I put was, you're right. Uh, he was stupid to go over there trying to be master detective instead of being cautious. It's just, yeah, I, I, I have no idea why he did that other than I need to be involved. There was a small part during your end of the feedback that kind of looked like he was far away. I'm going to keep it in because I don't want to edit it out and miss something. So just FYI, that wasn't me. That was what was going on <laughs> with you. I think I heard a phone ringing. It was hysterical, but uh, I'm keeping it. Last but certainly not least, Miss Lamia. What up, Christina? It's Mimi sending in feedback for the den. Um, finally, um, New Amsterdam is back, and it's been so long since we saw it. I didn't even remember what was happening, and it didn't quite get a recap, so I'm just in it. So um, I'm not sure how long we're allowed to talk about this, but I just wrote down little small things that I wanted to talk about definitely going to talk more about um new amsterdam because i wrote more notes um but so, you know honestly between new amsterdam mixed dish and 911 i liked all these episodes um we could start with uh new amsterdam because that's the one i watched first um so um i i gotta be honest with you guys like okay so i would say for me the pandemic you know with covid um probably got its worst maybe around March, April at my job. And, you know, it's been almost a year since then. So seeing them the way that they like, you know, portray, cause this is a show about a hospital. It would be unrealistic and basically kind of stupid for them to pretend like the pandemic didn't happen for them to not touch on it. I'm glad that they are like, you know, they did a recap of it. And then now we're in the aftermath. I'm glad like they didn't have episodes revolving around that so i am glad about that but i gotta be honest with you guys i felt really triggered and i don't say that very often but the way that like their faces were red um they were exhausted people were crying and people were miserable like that shit was real i can tell you from personal experience there were days when i literally would sit in my car after work and just like talk myself out of having a mental breakdown talk myself out of having a panic attack crying because it was just fucking awful um i there was so much death there was so much so many times people were getting better and you think finally we can you know take them off this auction and they can go home and then they would crash and you end up sending to the icu and later on you find out that they didn't make it people being intubated two three times like there were people that were intubated extubated reintubated extubated reintubated and then eventually they have a tracheostomy which means like they cut a hole in your um trach um i'm trying to think of a word that most people know basically like the branch that that is in your throat that connects to your lungs they have to cut a hole in it and put oxygen in there because they were intubated too much and you know it, to be honest with you it was just so bad that doctors had to pick and choose like we can't intubate this person again we can't waste that equipment because it's not working so we need to do something else so they started after you were intubated two times then you just you just have to get a, a hole cut in your throat because that was the only other option and you know i know in new york had the like do not intubate or do the, the do not resuscitate orders just 
because they were just overwhelmed. It wasn't that bad where the hospital I was, we never got to that point where we had to basically pick and choose who could be vented. We never, like we ran out of, um, you know, oxygen tubing before. So we had to, you know, settle for like what they had in the emergency room. So we had to like make do, but we never got to the point where we had to pick and choose who could be um, intubated and who couldn't and who we just couldn't even risk you know trying to to help them out because we didn't have enough room so we were fortunate enough to never have to deal with that um so it wasn't as bad as it was in new york so i know new amsterdam is based in new york so it was really bad but it was like it was just a reminder of all the crap that we had to deal with and there was people who were dying and we couldn't they couldn't see their family like we couldn't let people like not only could did they stop all visitors but even if we made an exception like there was absolutely no exceptions for people with covid like absolutely like usually when someone's dying we couldn't do anything about it like um there was times we would have the phone up to the person like i remember holding the phone up to someone who was intubated and they couldn't talk they were sedated they couldn't hear it, but I just held the phone up so that their loved ones can talk to their family member because I knew that they weren't going to make it like they they were going to die. Um, so seeing it like this again, uh, almost a year later, really like I don't want to say upsetting, but it just it really got to me like I had like flashbacks and like I could emotionally bring myself back to that time it was really awful and that's why you know seeing some of these mandates of you know social distancing mask like i get you wanting to reopen your your state but why not have people wear masks like what harm is it going to do if you're going to open up everything to 100 percent, allow them to have concerts allow amusement parks to open why do they why are you taking away masks like that's the part i don't understand so i know that we're not going to get rid of this covid thing because it hasn't it's been the numbers have been dropping but there's still an astronomical amount of people that are coming up positive still people are dying from this so this is just going to be it surging again and it's going to surge ridiculously high and it's going to happen really astronomically out of nowhere because people are going to like people from other states are going to go to these other places because they want to get out and do stuff and then they're going to come back to their state and bring that shit back and i don't think people are comprehending the way this shit works it it has to completely vanish or everyone even like the vaccine like i get that that's the thing we're working on but they act like there's not a vaccine for the flu and before covid there was people getting the flu all the time some people would get the flu and we could send them home and have them you know take antiviral medication and it get better but this is not the flu this is there's already variances all over the place so we have a vaccine for one type what happens when people go to these hot spots in texas in california and these variances that are all over the place start spreading the vaccine is going to be irrelevant and i don't think people comprehend the way science works and that's what really frustrates me i want the world to open up too but i also don't want to go through this again like people have no idea the kind of stress and the mental anguish that these people in healthcare that we have been through. Like, I will forever remember this. Like, this is something that I will never forget. And going back and watching shows that are talking about it, it's gonna trigger it. And me experiencing this, let me know that that's gonna happen for the rest of my life. I will never forget this. And this surge that is about to happen because 
places are being stupid it's going to be the same thing all over again i hope we're better prepared because we have a better president but who knows i i really don't even i can't even comprehend i will say that the side plot with the plane was pretty interesting um i can't say that i would react it the way they did because if i see a plane really close to where i'm at i will have a panic attack that is my biggest fear to be one of those casualties of a plane crashing like you weren't on the plane but you were by it and you died like that sucks and that plane should not have been that close like they were really un like they weren't scared at all and that just was would not be me i guess you know after what they experienced you know a plane crash as opposed to respiratory distress and heart attacks people dying from a virus i'm sure that's probably something that they were probably looking forward to if i'm being honest but i will say um i just hiccuped bloom is getting on my nerve again i i thought we were i thought she was done annoying me but for her to ask those uh people in the emergency room to get updates on patients that they passed on to like once they're in surgery once they're admitted on the floor or in the icu they are no longer the ed's issue like once i give report to the other person that patient is not mine anymore and you want me to go get updates on these people and take care of the other people in the emergency room bitch are you crazy and the fact that they all did it i'd have been like no ma'am no my job is the emergency room i already gave report if you want to update on the patients that you gave you can go do that yourself like i know people think that nurses have to do everything that doctors say but if i don't agree with it i'm not doing it and i'm gonna tell you i was like i need to take care of the people that are here right now that are in my the assigned rooms i don't have time to go follow up on a patient that is no longer my issue if you want updates on the surgery surgery i can call the surgeon and tell him to call you when he's done but i'm not gonna call on you know people like busy patient or busy days the ed is admitting like 40 people and then there's still people in emergency room so you want us to get updates on all these people and take care of the people that you still have down here while they're dying like bitch please girl you done lost your goddamn mind and i'm mad like the one dude who clearly he i i feel like he's probably the closest with her i don't remember his name he's all tatted up he's a nurse like he looked at her like bitch you serious but he still didn't say anything i can guarantee he didn't do what she said the rest of them probably did but i know i wouldn't have I would have rolled my eyes and went about my business and when she asked me again I'd have been like I will get updates on them when I'm done with my stuff and if I don't have time during my shift then I'm not gonna do it and that's exactly what I would have said to her she can go to hell um who else oh Dr. Kapoor like that's sad because there I can think of a couple of people at my job that you know had pre-existing conditions and got COVID and they were literally intubated and it happened so fast and one of them like I knew personally she was sick for a long time she's back to work and she's good but it could have easily been not been that way you know and it sucks that you know you got sick because not because you were out you know frolicking around but because you were working and at the beginning of this pandemic our hospital didn't have our back they treated us like crap they didn't care the management all of the people that were like higher up they stayed clear of the floors but they were giving us these these rules with uh mask and stuff like this oh you don't need to do that you don't need to do that 
um don't do this no you can't wear your own stuff you have to wear what the hospital provides but no you gotta wear a regular surgical mask and then all of a sudden they want to flip it like they flip flop so many times that it's no wonder people got it um because y'all were treating us like crap like you don't want to provide us for stuff we have our own stuff why can't we use it they and they wouldn't give us a valid reason you gotta wear what the hospital provides why Y'all not providing us with the stuff to, to make sure we're safe. And it was at that moment I realized that no matter how skilled or trained you are, you can be replaced. And I know people be like, oh, my job, um, they treated me like crap when I needed to go when someone in my family died. You are easily replaced. And I know, you know, I have a license. I have four years nursing experience. And there's people at the hospital who had 10, 12, 15, 20 years nursing experience. When it comes down to it, the hospital's a business and they will choose money over you anytime. And I don't, I think people really honestly need to understand that. That's why I have no problem choosing money over them. It is what it is. Um, the other thing was the ending because they fought, you know, Dr. Um, Max, I forget, I, I can't remember his last name. Max finally was able to get propofol, which is a sedative. Um, fentanyl is can be used as a sedative but it's really a pain reliever but because it's a narcotic and one of the things we learned from COVID is you know these people were intubated they were sedated for weeks some of them you know a month um they start going through withdrawal so you can't just completely cut them off because it's like a person that's hit that's a heroin addict addict or an alcohol alcoholic or a person that's you know cocaine their body will start going through withdrawals and that'll cause a whole heap of other conditions that you don't want. So you got to wean them off slowly. Propofol is preferred because it doesn't last very long in the body. So once it turns off, it's basically gone. So you can wean them off quicker, which, you know, they have to do that before they extubate them to see if they can breathe without the machine. Um, they said he had a lot of heart damage. And of course, as soon as they said heart, it's like, even the best cardiologist I don't know that he'd make it and then I was like oh my god as soon as I seen the phone ring and it was Max I was like please Jesus Christ don't let this be fucking Floyd and of course it is I thought we got rid of him why did whatever he have fall through because of COVID and the pandemic and now we gotta look at his face again I'm not happy about that I get the feeling he's gonna he's back to stay Ugh. um the last thing I want to talk about is the fact that Max and Helen aren't together. Um, I was mad when she agreed to go on that date. But then at the end, I got the feeling that she was like, I can't do this. Like, you know, it just doesn't feel right to be in a romantic relationship. So if she ain't with no one. I'm good with that. But if she dated an old dude, I'm gonna be mad because I need I need Helen and Max to be together. And if Helen is dating that guy, he's blocking my dream and I'm not OK with it. Okay, so now that I ranted on enough about um, New Amsterdam, let's go on to, to mix dish. This episode was, was funny. I'm not going to lie. I liked it, but I um, it wasn't my favorite, so I don't have much to say about it. I did like when they talked about the mammy and the show pony because I completely understand being the only black person around and, you know, being the token. Like, I was the token because I didn't have a choice. But whenever I was on a dance team, um, whenever I was in high school with anything I was one of the only black kids so I always felt like the token and I felt like I was that person when someone would prove they're not racist it was like 
I have a black friend I would be that friend I always felt that way I mean I never asked because I didn't really want to know the answer but definitely grew up around a lot of white people and I knew I was that show pony that um I can't I honestly can't say for sure if I was a mammy because I don't remember but I mean maybe I mean I did have you know um a lot of white friends but then my senior year I went to I was around more Hispanic some of them were Cuban and they were you know darker so you know they they could they were like Afro Latina um and Puerto Rican which could be like I know when I went to her family gatherings there was darker Puerto Ricans there so I don't know if that's necessarily the same being a you know being with other people of color felt different than being with uh, all the white people but like I said, because I was on the Palm Squad and I used to have to go to the games with the football players and the cheerleaders, basketball players, you know, I was around a lot of white people. So definitely I could I could see myself being a mammy. I don't I can't be 100 percent sure. Um, but I will say for one thing, if I was like I knew her hiring Didi was going to be trouble. Like if you have if you know how your sister is. Either you make sure she does stuff your way when you hire her or you be got to accept that she going to do stuff her own way. She know her sister. She knew she was going to do Didi no matter what. So for her to be mad about the like the way her desk look and the way she can't keep track of her appointments and stuff like that. That's your problem. That's your fault. You should have made sure she knew what she was doing before you hire her. You knew she didn't have any kind of experience. So you can't be mad at her because she being herself. Um, and then for her to go to Harrison, I think it's so funny because Alicia really act like she don't have like different privileges because her father-in-law is the, he, he, he owns the business. Like if it wasn't for, like if Harrison wasn't your father-in-law, would you have went up to him saying, you know, you need to do something about them talking to Dee Dee? No and for the record you told him to do something but you didn't tell him what so him doing the whole do not talk to her I mean yes it's stupid but he got his point across you should have gave him some better uh guidance be like what should I do well let me tell you what you should do Harrison if you don't give so if you tell someone an issue but don't have some type of resolution or something that you think would be beneficial then you can't get mad at the way they handle it because you didn't give them nothing to go off of so they did the best they could how is Harrison a white man in America supposed to know how to help out a black woman secretary that is being harassed because people don't have boundaries and they keep asking her disgusting things because there's no limitations in, in, in your workplace come on now seriously a side note I mean I, I guess they just had to put Paul in it but uh Santi with her her uh Candyland tantrum was hilarious I I'm sorry but Bo being boy crazy but just sitting there staring at someone she really need to get it together because she is being a creep <laughs> and Johan I knew that wasn't gonna go well but um his friend just being in the house going through his like fridge like lord that dude is gonna be something special talking about kids are just friends you can't drink with and it's like i love my kids it's like oh oh yeah they're listening like lord no wonder you lost custody of your children and your wife left you you are terrible straight trash <laughs> well i'm done with uh mixed dish so lastly let's talk about 911. 
Um, I will say at the beginning when they had the women with uh, in the band and they started bleeding from their eyes, I I learned this probably from 20, I would say 2018. Um, synthetic weed was really popular. In Illinois, it's legalized now. I think 2020 is when it was legalized. But before that, people would be smoking synthetic weed because it's like not traceable or something like that. This is what they said. I don't know if it's true, but it was a big, big issue like in um, the area that I lit, I work in because people that were in their 20s, like 19, 18 year olds, I would say like 18 to maybe 25 was smoking synthetic marijuana and the people would lace it with. Um, it's I don't know if it's a derivative of Coumadin warfarin or if it's like really that but they would lace it with warfarin which is like it's used for people with irregular heart rhythms because it keeps their blood from getting thick because of their irregular heart rhythm they could throw clots and you know clots can cause heart attacks strokes uh, blood clots in their legs of different things so they keep their blood thin with that but it's a reason that people on that medication go to like they get their labs drawn a lot because you don't want their blood to get too thin if it gets too thin they start peeing blood they start having bowel movements with blood in it there comes out of their eyes um they could you know cut themselves and bleed out and not be able to stop it because their blood isn't clotting isn't stopping the bleeding so we had like a whole like it, i remember it was like for like six months straight there was all these young dudes coming in like you're supposed let's just i'll just give you um just so you know what it's it's supposed to be so the lab that they use to check people's like thinness of their blood is called it's called the inr so i'm not going to go through what it stands for but it's supposed to be between two and three like that's where they want to keep it these fools was be coming in with their levels at like 13 14 so much we had to call poison control and talk to them about it and give them medications to reverse it and all that stuff they would be bleeding from their penises from their eyes from their ears nose mouth like all the orifices like it was disgusting and imagine trying to you know i'm a 30 something year old woman trying to care for this 19 20 year old dude because he smoked uh marijuana that was laced with a medication they have that they have no idea what it does it was terrible and they wouldn't let me help them and I was like dude I don't care about your penis I you know anybody looking at it like that I just need to see what this blood looked like so you don't die like it was terrible so that's a real thing I didn't know it was still happening but maybe they just wanted to put it in there but that shit is no joke um and then Buck's relationship I'm sorry but that girl was just extra like to me if you meet someone on a dating app if you see that y'all conversations are working out why don't you just end the date like she literally took the whole date from the beginning of the appetizers to end of the, the dessert just to drag the shit out of buck like clearly he's nervous like you can look at him and tell but if he said he's telling you a story and y'all you could tell this relationship is the work why don't you just end it like why are you being such so bitchy about everything like him making a joke about the cake like it was one of those awkward nervous jokes like and he was like oh I guess we're gonna have to do uh some extra workout in the gym after this cake and she's like are you body shaming me like bitch get you know what get out of here I'm ending this date now I was so sad for Buck he clearly was not ready to be going on dates I don't know why he would have done it 
but he was he he got on the app and he went to go date and i'm not surprised she ended up with uh whatever chimney's brother's name is i forget but the way he just went to go talk to her and never came back this man really needs to get a house because or an apartment because he just jumped from one person to the other i'm gonna need you to stop moving in with people and become a grown-up um but on a side note i'm sorry i love it when when i first meet a guy and i'm looking at the the menu like darren isn't a dessert person so you know if a person isn't a dessert person i get it it's fine but i'm telling you one way to make my panties melt on a date that's going decent like to me i'm not gonna make it to dessert if you suck i've left in the middle of a date because i could just tell we are not gonna get along and you're gonna make me do some homicide up in here so you know we didn't make it that far but if we made all the way to dessert the date is going well so if a guy was like oh chocolate cake that sounds good we should share girl let me tell you i would have jumped across that table and just had him up because that shit is sexy as hell to me like you like chocolate cake too soulmate you want to share it so i don't have to sit here and eat this whole cake by myself because i will and then i'll regret it in the morning i love you like i i thought that was the cutest thing that buck said but she was just being an asshole um but lastly um i just want to touch on athena and bobby's relationship i love that that you know he was over at michael's house eating dinner and you know just hanging out and she when she went to hens like that just shows the type of relationship they have as a family like i know some step you know some like you know ex-husbands and current husbands don't get along but i love that their family is so tight like that so much so that michael convinced bobby that the old dude was shady and they were just sitting there staring at him that was the cutest thing ever and then athena having to come up and clean up the mess she oh my god i love their relationship so much bobby athena and michael they three peas in a pod like i love it and then uh michael's boyfriend blends right in he don't try and stop him he just trying to make sure everybody's safe that was cute as heck um and then lastly can i just talk about hen's mom like i get hen feelings being hurt but her mom wasn't wrong for that question i feel like it was valid because you do have a really nice life here you do have a good career you know and you're not out of high school or just out of college you're older so you might be putting on more on your plate like she ain't have no right to talk to her wife about it but her question was valid um and I and I knew I thought maybe her hen's mom might have had cancer or something and that's why she uh you know was all of a sudden trying to be in the family but um her being homeless that that makes sense you know she is older you know they gotta lay people off you know with the social distancing you know Vegas probably wasn't I don't know how it is now but I know you know before they they had to cut capacity and I'm sure there was times when they had to stop um people from coming in because you're not going to tell me a casino is a essential business <laughs> um so I get her being laid off um I mean I can see my mom being like this you know at 64 if she you know all of a sudden lost stopped getting benefits because she gets benefits from the arm the army when she was in the the army but she doesn't work and if if all of a sudden that money ran out and they cut her off she wouldn't have not a piss to a pit a pot to piss in like nothing she would definitely because she's always even now asking them asking me for money like i'm supposed to be taking care of her when she didn't even take care of me so yeah i could see 
I could see my mom being just like him's mom. Same, same. But overall, these shows are pretty good. So I don't think I have anything else. Um, so I'll end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. She said, I'm going to make this shit 30 whole damn minutes. Girl, you know it was 20. Mix this is all of 15 minutes. I'm just fucking with you. I don't even remember what I said on this one. <laughs> but for future, 20 minutes. Because now this podcast is two damn hours long. That's why I had to split this up for, because I was thinking about doing a huge, just double episode. But I was like, nah, I ain't going to make it like fucking three hours long. Because that's how long it would have been. But uh, eps- uh, feedback on your feedback i should say um i knew he was gonna go into the covid so i'm glad that and that's kind of where i left it for was for someone who could actually accurately talk about the things that were happening in new amsterdam and and you gave us a lot of great information i felt like i went through medical school for one class and only one class because the half of that shit i was like okay hold on let me get some notes here ma'am you're talking too fast y'all can't keep up cat catch up you know purple purple fall does this now <laughs> um but that's the benefit of having a friend that works in the medical field because you best believe this is information we all need to know because when we are out in that world and kind of like we've said earlier people just they're ignorant they're just ignorant to what is actually happening and because of their ignorance or their denial um they're completely missing the the impacts that the last year is supposed to have and is still having despite a vaccine despite all these bills being passed people just want to forget and that's because they're just lazy (laughs) that's just my two cents on it Uh, i could be wrong maybe there's more involved but i i think a great deal of it is just i like to be cruising and and this certain type of non-stress like I, I have my routine i have my schedules i have my things and that's where my life is built around and unfortunately any type of struggle or conflict just doesn't do well and thus I, i'm glad that and i hope the new amsterdam new amsterdam continues to show that that's not really the case i'm going to mix dish alicia is naive about her privilege and you're absolutely right like why would you tell a white man to do something and then not tell him what things he could do but you're also right in you hire dd that's why i'm like you can't hold people up if you like you said the girl like i might have to fire you that's what you need to tell your sister like look i got you this job because you got fired from your other job i love working with you best believe i like this relationship we have here However, I don't want to sacrifice our great relationship for our working relationship. And sometimes you can't work with people that you are family with or that you're even friends with. And that's point blank. Like some people, I could get them a job. I won't because I'm not putting my name behind your ass because I know how you are. So you're absolutely right on that for respect. Um, And then I know you were talking about the, the lace synthetic. Synthetic weed sounds like it would fuck you up in any in in no great manner i mean even street pharmacists can lace your shit with rat poison you gotta trust your street pharmacist and if it's those people in colorado where they shit is advertised where you can go see in the back i ain't been there but i see it all online 
<laughs> I don't know why you would think buying weed off the internet is even a great idea to begin with. That's just stupid people doing stupid shit. And then why don't you look at the reviews? Because I'm sure that someone the first time they were bleeding from their eyeballs or they did probably went on www.yelp.com or wherever and said, look, this shit makes your balls uh, bleed or whatever the case may be. I keep hitting my my keyboard and I don't feel like editing it that bad out <laughs> so yeah people are so silly sometimes particularly Caucasians and what else did I put on it was a thing for her asking and I think that the hen's mama is what I'm talking about I think that it wasn't so much that she asked it was sometimes when you have a behavior because my mom's the same thing like you could ask a valid question but it's because you know everything behind that question because you've dealt with that person for so long even if she was wrong which she wasn't like she explained herself and like you said if she had had this conversation with him then it wouldn't be undermining you're going behind her back and talking to someone else and you did that because you wanted to undermine so no i think she the question yes you're right is it wrong but she she sussed out exactly what her mama was up to and she was doing it from a position in which she's all the way at the bottom. So that's even more. It's like, girl, you can't talk to anybody about nobody's life right now if yours ain't together. And sometimes, and I get what you're saying. She was laid off, but you should have some savings in the bank. Like that's a big problem with black people in general. We don't save for nothing. We just, we get it, we spend it and we keep going. And that is part of why we don't accumulate wealth because we spend it on every day everyday things we're, if we're not living paycheck to paycheck if we got a little bit of extra we're taking it to do a trip we're taking it to live and benefit and there's nothing wrong with that but we need to start doing a better job of taking at least 10 to 15 dollars and putting it in a fucking account so by the time that you are 64 years old you don't have nothing to show for yourself right I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of, they are actually a lot of eviction programs out there at the beginning of the pandemic. At the end of the pandemic, if we're still having issues, that means you didn't pay nothing in between. And, but you, but what did you do to get that assistance? There, and sometimes there ain't there. Vegas, that doesn't seem like a, a town that you would have a lot of assistance getting. Ohio, yes. <laughs> Indiana, no. Uh, so it is also about where you live. To get certain benefits and living within your your means and and not not taking our money and not thinking about retirement or the end and that's the same thing and i i look at my parents and i'm looking at them right now they don't have nothing in the bank okay and that is on us we gotta start making those choices and stop making excuses for those choices if we ever want to have anything buy a fucking life insurance policy you could borrow from life insurance policy put into a 401k find any way for us to start putting that money aside for times where things get into shit because that's that's exactly what our caucasian folks do and they ain't not as broke as we are (laughs) and yes they have a lot more other things stacked in their favor there's no doubt about that but i do know some people at, at work that we are the exact same age and we going through the exact same stuff but they have they save money they just do they make a point of whatever is going on to save at least twenty dollars out of their two weeks because you know you're gonna spend that at fast food and i i'm telling myself this because i that's my next big step to or telling y'all this because that's my next big step 
I have a 401k and I have a pension, luckily, through my job um, that I put money towards. And every year I increase that 401k by at least 1%. I think I'm up to 8% right now. Um, I actually just got a raise. So now I have to bump it back up to now I'll be up to 9%. I'm on track for retirement. <laughs> luckily, I have a job where that's why I hung on to it. I was like, you know what? There's only 4% of companies in America that give you a pension anymore. So I'm going to stay at the one that does. And if that means that I have to go to a different department or do something else, that's fine by me. Sometimes when you have tenure in a company, you got to fight for it. And that means you got to hold on. I know that's not always the case, but I was lucky enough to have that. And as soon as I did, and I had that moment of shit, this job could go away. I know I can get other jobs. I'm not, I'm still young enough, right? However, we, I still need to work better on getting some money in the fucking bank too. So that's where I think that conversation should have, <laughs> that's why when she said it was her fault, and she took ownership of that I was proud because that's what we need to start doing is stop making excuses and start taking some ownership and that's all because this is two hours long I have for the feedback tonight if you want to join the next conversation of the den which should be coming out in the next two days uh, probably will do charmed first then the next episode of the den uh, you can say that to blackoutcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.